Week 14 was a doozy. Peacock and Williamson here to break it all down for you. A couple of overtime thrillers. Rodgers with a bad toe still owns those Bears in primetime. Lamar Jackson dealing with an ankle. Those Ravens in a fight for a playoff spot after a loss. And what the heck is going on with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? All falling apart there. So much to get to from Week 14 Sunday right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Week 14, lots of action Sunday. Still one to go. Monday Night Football that we'll break down for you tomorrow and all the games we don't get to on today's program usually goes as a two-parter as we review and recap and have our takeaways from everything that happened on a given week of NFL football. And Matt, there were some good ones. A couple of overtime thrillers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, bad toe. Lamar Jackson, bad ankle. So uh, there is definitely plenty to get to on today's program. Where do we start, Matt? There was no Steeler game, so I just kind of had a big picture view of things on Sunday as I sat there and red zoned and focused on a couple of you know specific games as well. And the, first, the one o'clock slate, Eastern, for you Western people, was really bad. <laughs> you know, it was slow. I mean, I know that, I mean, the NFL action's great, but I mean, with that many games going, there wasn't much that really kept the attention. And there were blowouts and, yeah, you know, Chiefs just destroying the Raiders and, yeah. you know, th- those type of things. So we dig into the second half of the slate, and I'm sitting there wondering, like, I still don't know who's good in this league. I mean, the Chiefs just demolished the Raiders, but are they really a good, good team? And then I'm watching the Bucs going, oh, yeah, they're a good team. And then the second half of that game, I'm watching the Bills going, yeah, they lost this, but I think they're this was a positive development. They're yeah. a good team. And then I thought, okay, and then Sunday night, oh, the Packers are a really good team. And I think I'm going to think the same thing tonight, you know, the, probably that – boy, the Cards are a really good team. Or the Rams could be like the Bills, like I said, and be, wow, they're back in this thing. They're better than I thought. So I do think some cream is rising to the top in some degree, and it's taken a while, but it's the usual suspects. I mean, it's the Bucks, it's the Packers, it's probably the Cardinals. I mean, the Bills, the Pats sat at home, the Chiefs, you know. This isn't – the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> Still some parody out there in the NFL. Who's good? Not sure. Let's let's wait a week and find out. And, and one team looks good one week, they look bad the next. But uh, I, I think there are some teams that feeling really good about now that we're mid-December yeah. here, and there's only a few weeks to go, getting closer to the playoffs. Uh, this stuff is starting to make a lot more sense. And as the week goes on, we'll dig a little deeper even into uh, the playoff picture. We'll talk about some of it today. Those overtime games were fun as heck. But uh, let's start with the one freshest in our minds, which was, Sunday night football, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers' ownership of the Bears continues, and it looked like in the first half that maybe that wasn't going to be the case in this one, but just too much Aaron Rodgers, too much Devontae Adams, who uh, nearly broke a guy's ankles, uh, who's a Jalen Johnson, I think, the corner that was covering him uh, in the end zone on that one play, um, and yeah, just not enough firepower for the Bears, who only scored three second-half points, 45 30 Packers over the Bears, and man, especially in the second half, there were some fireworks, Jakeem Grant early, but I watched the Bears team 
And I just get mad and annoyed. It is the worst offense to watch in the NFL. I can't stand it. Like, it, do something. Like, I, I, like just hooks just hooks all day you, you have this dynamic quarterback and like let's let's run just all hooks all day you know i don't know it's just, maybe it's the way the teams are playing them and uh, they just have to find soft spots and zones but uh their offensive line is bad and i just feel bad in a lot of ways for uh like Allen robinson and um whether it's andy dalton or justin fields in their quarterback because they just can't do anything it doesn't matter what the quarterback is doing that, that's just a bad football team poorly coached and they need really need to change that up and and build around their young quarterback and it was a nice valiant effort early in that game at least they scored some points they scored more points i think in the second quarter than they had all year in that one but obviously the guy on the other side and, and that team the packers just uh keep rolling they are now 10 and 3 joining the cardinals as a 10 win team in the nfl yeah, I, I don't have a lot else to add to that, but I mean, Lafleur's track rec- record in Green Bay is pretty remarkable. I mean, he, he, the the winning percentage that he's putting together through three years now is simply outstanding. And of course, you can point to Rodgers, no doubt. I mean, I, I get that, but you know, I mean, Seifert was the best one. He took over the the Montana teams or you know the Great Niners teams, and I mean, it's it's a it's a collaboration between coaches and players. Well, the Bears don't have really either. And you're right about the players. I feel bad for them. I do think we'll start to see coaches let go because there's a rule now that if you are if you have a vacancy with two weeks remaining, don't quote me exactly, you can start talking to other coaches. So if a guy is going to get let go, there is some advantages to doing it late in the season, during the season, and the Bears are a perfect example of that. And, you know, Mooney was playing so well for them. He catches one pass for 17 yards. Like, everything is hard. But, boy, I thought it was a positive for Justin Fields. Like, despite all that, he's making plays. And even though they're turning the ball over and really swimming upstream against a really good team on the road, they got a guy in Fields. And 46 of those yards and one of the touchdowns for, and I agree, they do have a guy in fields. He's so talented, yeah. and I think he's he's getting better, and you could kind of see it in the first half of that game, and a ball coming out a little quicker, and he'll continue to get better doing that. Uh, the big pass to Demir Bird, 54-yard touchdown. Jakeem Grant with the punt return touchdown, where it's like, no, 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 don't catch that there. And, oh, what yes, yes, yes. That <laughs> um, and then the other play, it's a, it goes as a 46-yard touchdown pass for Jakeem for uh, Justin Fields, but that was you know essentially a handoff to Jakeem Grant for the 46-yard touchdown he had there. And um, that was a nice little pickup of the trade deadline. It would have been nicer for another team Bears. that could have used him in the playoffs. Uh, the Bears did not make that playoff run, they hoped. I think they still had three wins. They've won one game since then. When they made that deal, they thought they were going to be in uh, in the playoff conversation. They're the 15 seed currently now in the NFL. But man, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, a little worried about Aaron Rodgers. Aggravates the toe. You got to yeah. sit him down. You don't have to worry about the North. Like you're going to be one of the top four seeds in the NFC, but they're vying for the top spot. They want the bye. Do you try to go get that bye and let Aaron Rodgers rest his toe during a bye week, or do you rest him now? That's going to be something interesting the way they go about that. It's a great great call. I mean, that's a tough thing to decide. They've already had their bye. They just came off their bye. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. They go to Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, finish at Detroit. I wonder if you play through it and then you think about it in week 18. You know, not only are you hosting Detroit, which maybe you win without Rodgers, but maybe that game doesn't matter. Uh, maybe I'd handle it that way. But, I mean, I always hate it commenting on injuries because it might be much worse than – Oh, just go knock out three more games there and you'll be fine and we'll worry about it a month from now. And but, it's clearly not but, the thing that's going to get better 
by itself by playing either. Yeah, right? right. So that that's what worries me. And it, it's almost like you you got to sit him because it's more important to have healthy Rodgers in the playoffs than to limp in with you know a hurt Rodgers into the playoffs and, and still yeah. not get the bye. You know what else I found was interesting about Rodgers and the I guess it was Collinsworth and you know that crew was talking about it and they didn't imply that they like knew anything but they just felt like there was a a different vibe around this team and maybe when it's all said and done he doesn't leave Green Bay after the year like yeah it seems so dumb to me like this is a great team a great quarterback give Rodgers a big old contract franchise Adams trade love to the Falcons and run it back yeah, if Get love would have job. showed you so much over the course of the last two years like oh man this guy's going to be really good and what I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was showing Even the Packers so. behind the scenes you know, like, Far was in there this is working uh it's it maybe and and maybe if Rodgers just wants out but it sounds like everything's kind of okay and uh, I don't know if it was uh I feel like Aaron Rodgers does things very purposefully and before the game oh, yes. in pre-game warm-ups Rodgers hugged Brian Gutenkus the GM on the field at Lambeau Sunday night football yeah so yeah maybe and then it doesn't make sense for Seattle either we'll get to that game with Russell Wilson maybe those two big names aren't on on the See, I think Seattle gets blown the up trademark. I think the Packers should just roll it back they win 13 games every year and they're in the hunt just keep going yeah it would make sense for them to keep going in that regard okay um we we've got to get to some more games here there's another injured big name quarterback in Lamar Jackson couple of overtime games um some fantastic stuff we will get to a Chiefs blowout of the Raiders all coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson Has it been a struggle to find what channel, what streaming device you need to get everything situated for you while you're watching football? Maybe you've got a kid that needs to watch something else while you're watching your football to keep them occupied while you focus on the game. Got highlights going over here. Got one game over here. Someone's trying to watch the show over there. Maybe you don't remember the logins. Uh, You're sharing your neighbors, sisters, whatever. Uh, DirecTV Stream can get this all situated for you. And I'm sure you've had those struggles over the first month of the football season. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And best part is no annual contract. It's called Direct TV Streams. And it brings your live tea and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place, as it should be. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So many games to get to, Matt, from Week 14, the overtimers. Uh, I want to start with a huge story, though, here with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. And things just seem to be really falling apart there. First of all, they get, you know, I mean, they've just been playing bad ball, and they get completely blanked by the Titans. 20 to nothing in Tennessee here, falling to 2 and 11 on the season. Titans improved to 9 and 4. More on the actual game in a second. But, um, but Saturday. Tom Pelissero, and look, Tom Pelissero doesn't just throw stuff against the wall, and he works for the Shield. He works for NFL uh, Network, right? So uh, he's not going to to badmouth an, uh, a team or ownership or, or head coaches if it's not real. There's not something to it. And Tom Pelissero on Saturday said, months of tension surrounding Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer have boiled over with multiple run-ins with players and other coaches in recent weeks, renewing questions in league circles about whether Meyer could be out after just one tumultuous season. And then um, 
beyond that, Mike Garofolo says, uh, uh, let's see, during a staff meeting, Meyer, or this is actually, he's just tweeting part of the story from Peril Pelicero. During a staff meeting, Meyer delivered a biting message that he's a winner and his assistant coaches are losers. According <laughs> to several people informed of the contents of the meeting, challenging each coach individually to explain when they've ever won and forcing them to defend their resumes. That doesn't sound like a great working environment. And then after well, urban, you hired all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't look at their resumes yeah. before this and they're the losers that are holding you down now. And you're the winner. Uh, you've won all of two games in the NFL in your entire career. Right. Um, uh, then and you're ruining the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. Right. Oh, by the way, <laughs> here's what's crazy, which was the team he handpicks because of the quarterback prospect that you're worried that you're ruining. That's getting worse. And then after the game, he's asked about this, asked about this stuff. He said, what's the answer? Starting leaking some information or nonsense. That's garbage. If there is a source, then that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds. So he doesn't even talk about the the content of the story. He's mad about somebody leaking factual information about the dysfunction going on in the building. I mean, it sounds like he's got no control at all. I don't know how, if you're Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can allow him to continue to be your coach tomorrow. And I think the only reason is because there's offsets and, and guarantees in his contracts, and they probably financially want to come to some other conclusion that's better for the Jaguars rather than allowing him to, to collect a paycheck when he's not working for you. A lot to unfeel here. I mean, I mentioned the last segment that there's some advantages now to firing coaches late in the regular season. This seems like the perfect example. I don't know anything about the contracts. I don't care about it. It's not my money. This is the least competitive team in the league, and they are an embarrassment on game day. And I just pulled up their schedule, too. They play Houston and the Jets the next two weeks. I mean, like, those should at least be competitive games. They're in no place to compete with anyone. I mentioned Lawrence. He's going downhill quickly. I mean, threw four awful picks in this game. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught Meyer and Vrabel's, quote, handshake, you know, how coaches meet in the middle of the field after the game. Yeah. I mean, he basically walked right past him. He shook his hand quickly, but I mean, the, his his body language was just abysmal. Did you catch that one? Was it like the Harbaugh Schwartz handshake? Where Schwartz... That one I don't remember. This one was just like a, a statue, just hating life. Meyer looked horrible. But my big takeaway from all this stuff, I mean, even like Lawrence came out a week ago and was like, hey, Robinson's our best player. We got to play him, you know? He, and Robinson gets six carries in this game. You know, they carried the ball eight times in this game. I mean, like, what are you doing? And But my big takeaway with Meyer is I never hear him say, we need to do better. I need to do mm -hmm. better. You know, like, it's always someone else's fault, which is just a terrible leadership trait. I can't imagine if he was pulling this in New York how much he'd be getting crushed right now. Oh man. By the yeah. media. It would be relentless. And he's he's able to kind of skate a little bit in Jacksonville, but this is nonsense. This is bad. It, 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 uh, he, he's got to go. And I have to believe it's contractual why he's not yet. And um probably Jaguars hoping he's not his heart's not in it and he walks away from it rather than getting fired. And maybe there's some maybe uh, negotiations it. going on behind the scene about that. Maybe that's a game of chicken that's going on right yeah. now, but I mean, he's got a lot of money in the bank. He, I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. Um, I, I, I focused on this game reluctantly because the Titans are coming to Pittsburgh next week. 
I mean, Tennessee couldn't have done less to win 20 nothing. And I'm not <laughs> taking the thing away from the Titans, but it was crazy. Like, they had, besides Woodside, they had four running back, or four people carrying the ball. They got to 100 yards, but it wasn't easy. None of them had 50. Um, they had like what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They had 11 people catch passes. None of them were over four receptions. None of them had even 50 yards. Like none of their skill guys even got the 50 yards in this game. And Julio played some, and then he sat the fourth quarter and it was just easy. You know, they didn't really have to do anything. One of the touchdowns was defensive, right? Or was yes. it a special teams touchdown? Where did the other touchdown come from? Because Deontay Foreman had one. I didn't see where the other, uh, who else? Oh, no, it was Tannehill. Tannehill had his own rushing touchdown. That's what it was. Because yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. didn't throw for I one. mean, they just controlled the ball the right. whole time. Yeah. They won the turnover battle four to nothing. I mean, it was, uh, again, it was one of the one o'clock games slate that was just not really great to watch. Yeah, m- yeah nothing really to comment on. Um, the, the Jacksonville receivers bumping into each other and falling down as a Trevor right, Lawrence pass kind of goes right by the vacated area where they used to be. Just, uh, it, <laughs> yeah. it's. It's it's horrible. You almost have to give Trevor Lawrence a complete pass, and you hope he's not getting ruined at this point. And you feel similarly to uh, you know Justin Fields, like those two guys need to get together and have dinner and work out in the offseason so they can just vent to each other, and hopefully they get better situations and better coaching staffs next year. Yeah, and about a third of the targets are going to Tavon Austin and Laquan Treadwell, and you know, like what is going on here? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so we can move on from that game. Bad situation. Easy win for the Titans. Uh, Another story that's underreported is that Derrick Henry is on track to return by the playoffs or maybe even sooner. So uh, he won't help Team Peacock in the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League. I'm not going to make the playoffs there. But the Titans still might and might get Derrick Henry back. Well, uh, and they're 9-4. They're going to win that division. Yes. And, oh, by the way, you know, A.J. Brown's not playing this week, but he's playing the week after that. So... They might be the hot team going in when it's all said and done. Yeah, look out. That's the team you don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs if you're one of those other uh, one of those other teams. It's possible. All right. Really quick here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the overtime games in a second. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson's injury and the, the comeback by the Ravens. They ended up falling just short, 24-22 Browns. The Browns were up huge in the first half. The Ravens came back. Browns didn't score a single point in the second half, but the story was Lamar Jackson leaving the game with a sprained ankle, and uh, obviously that's a huge loss for the 8-5 and five Ravens who are fighting for a division to fighting for playoff berth, and obviously you don't want this to linger and be something like a high ankle sprain that keeps your star quarterback out for the playoffs because that's it. I mean, that's curtains for the Ravens, right, if they don't have Lamar Jackson for, like, say, a month. Oh, I think so. I mean, here's what Baltimore has coming up now. I mean, Packers at home, at Cincy, Rams at home, Steelers at home. I mean, they might not win another game, or there might be one in the future. Like, I don't know if they get the 10 wins when it's all said and done and get in the playoffs. Big win for the Browns. Um, I think the bye did Baker a lot of good. Might have been his best game of the season, even though he didn't throw for a ton of yards. But I thought he played very efficiently. You know, looked like he was in control out there the whole time. Um, neither team ran the ball particularly well. Just came out as we're recording. Kareem Hunt is not going to play on Saturday. He's going to be out. So that's another blow for them. They got up early. They were able to play their style. But 
as Baltimore always does, they made a game out of it, and I thought they may end up winning on a Justin Tucker 70-yard field goal or something when it was all said and done. <laughs> they um, always did. They, they were getting close to that. <laughs> it was in, not too far off. Um, I do want to throw some kudos out to Huntley. You know, coming off the bench, he's a version of Lamar Jackson. They don't have to change things drastically, but he played very, very well overall, was under a lot of pressure. And again, neither team ran the ball really, really well. But uh, this was Bateman's coming out party. He played very well in this game. And Mark Andrews was a stud in this game. I mean, if it wasn't for your boy, George Kittles, Andrew, store, Andrew was, was the mm-hmm. uh, tight end of the weekend. Yeah, well, a lot of folks that drafted Kittle and Andrews early as their tight ends in their fantasy leagues got very excited about that bump that maybe helped them into the fantasy playoffs. Rashad Bateman, too, seven catches for 103 in this one. Um yeah, yeah he's going to be a really good player for them. And, man, uh, I can't believe Huntley got up. He got annihilated by Clowney. Uh, Clowney and Garrett both had sacks uh, in yeah. this one. Uh, he got hit really hard, but he popped up. And so you don't want to go to QB3 there if you're the Ravens, certainly, because Huntley did all right. You know, he held his head above water and played pretty well and uh, actually brought that team back, even after the loss of Jackson. He played most of the game. Jackson, what, attempted four passes. So um, he left early in that one. But anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, that that division is very interesting going down the stretch now. Eight and five Ravens, seven and six Browns. We'll talk about those Cincinnati Bengals who lost to the 49ers are now seven and seven after no seven and they're seven and six as well, tied with the Browns after that loss. So they're seven and five mm-hmm. going into the overtime matchup with the 49ers. Let's talk overtime. Bills. Bucks. Real quick, I have one more note on this. There are two things on this in this game. Yes. Ravens defense was vastly tested. Like I'm sitting here looking at the box score and you go down to the defensive players. There's like 10 more defensive players that had a tackle in this game than than usually you <laughs> see. Like they're just getting throwing everybody out there, especially in the secondary. And then I hate this narrative because I've heard it already. Lamar Jackson got hurt, and trust me, my Pittsburgh brethren are, are giving it to me left and right. Well, that's what you get when you got a running quarterback. Yeah. It had nothing to do with him being a running quarterback. Someone fell on his ankle after he threw the ball. Everybody gets hurt. You know, like everyone in Pittsburgh and probably the whole division has been waiting for this. Like, you can't play football that way. That's an athletic quarterback. He's going to get hurt. No, he just happened to be fluky fell on his ankle yeah He's a superstar and and i agree if you get hit you get hurt in the nfl that's why running backs have a 100 injury rate sure. uh, but lamar does a really good job for all the all the running he does he does a really good job of not taking hits and, and he's actually does a pretty darn good job of protecting himself as a runner and as we yeah. saw here with that sprained ankle it's sometimes more difficult to protect yourself from Clowney and miles garrett when you're standing there in the pocket and you can't see someone coming from behind right right but the fact that he's a running quarterback is not the reason he got hurt. Yes, that is definitely not the reason why he got hurt here. All yeah. right, uh, let's move on to Bills, Bucks, Niners, Bengals next. Tons of new holiday flavors at Built.com like eggnog. Eggnog Built Bars? Yeah, eggnog Built Bars. Caramel Macchiato, white chocolate cheesecake, uh, tons of other flavors you can get a coconut lovers box uh that is not the box i would personally order but yeah give me that eggnog that sounds really interesting uh caramel macchiato as well covered in 100 percent delicious chocolate uh, if you don't want chocolate though you go caramel almond delight that one is not covered in chocolate just like lemon cheesecake is not covered in chocolate so there's some options out there if you are not a chocolate lover but one thing all of those flavors have in common they are delicious 
and healthy. The best of both worlds. High in protein, but low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and low in fat. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You think you can beat Peacock and Williamson's picks? Think you know who's going to be playing in Super Bowl 56? We can find those odds and props and more lines than ever before at betonline.ag. As this NFL football season continues to march toward the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. It seems like there's a new one seed in the AFC every week. Who's even going to get in in those wild card spots? Could one of those teams make a run toward the Super Bowl? Go find those odds at Bet Online. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for 50% welcomed bonus on your first deposit. Not only NFL football, there's college football, hoops, college and pro. NHL, boxing, UFC, all of your favorite Vegas casino games, blackjack, poker. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and some futures beyond. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. A couple of overtime games in the afternoon that were a lot of fun here. Let's go to Bucks and Bills first, Matt. And um, the Buccaneers now, along with the Packers and the Cardinals, 10 win teams in the NFL. They're at 10 and 3, beating those Buffalo Bills 33 27. And again, this is another comeback where it looked like the Bucs were just in control of the Bills. Zero handoffs for the Buffalo Bills. After all the talk about what happened in the game against the Patriots last week, the Bills go all in in the opposite direction. And there were some carries for the quarterback, Josh Allen. He didn't hand the ball off once in the first half. Pretty amazing. They only scored three points. He did hand the ball off a little bit in the second half of the game as they roared back and almost came all the way back to win it, but uh, fell short in overtime to the Buccaneers when Brady found Perriman for a 58-yard touchdown in OT to win it. 33 27. That was a fun one. Really fun one. And again, I came away feeling better about both teams when it was said and done. I'm glad you mentioned that running back thing. I just want to throw that out there too, that seven combined running back carries for Buffalo in this game. The first of which was on a fake punt attempt well into the third quarter. So I'm not even going to count that one. So how about this? Hold on. I've got a great stat that really sells this point in this, in this game. And I didn't realize it until I pulled up the box score. Uh, Bills running backs in this football game, Devin Singletary and Matt Breida combined seven carries. The same amount of carries as Tom Brady had in this game. Seven carries for 16 (laughs) yards. And Brady had a touchdown and the Bills running backs did not. I don't know how much you watched this because the Niner game was on, but those Brady carries were meaningful. He was, because they happened right around when the Bills were, I don't want to say cheap shotting them, but were, laying on him too long, scuffling a little bit. And then Brady started running the ball and kind of like F you in the, the, the bills. Like if you're just going <laughs> to leave this wide open, I'm going to take it. And then he gets in the, you know, a, a typical Brady plunge touchdown and the guys that kind of gets, just shows attitude and toughness. And uh, I mean, he's such a competitor and he does things for such reasons like Aaron Rodgers will start the show. Brady was awesome in this game. I mean, just, and his stats are fine. 
But like he throws this touchdown ball to Mike Adam or Mike Evans. That's the perfect throw. That if it were Godwin, he couldn't have caught it. Evans is maybe the only t- only wide receiver in the league. And it's an if it's an inch lower, it gets deflected. If it has a little bit more arc on it, it's not completed. If it's not as much on a line, I mean, just perfect quarterback play. And he always has the answers. He toyed with the Bills' defense for much of this game. Not that they were bad, even. It's just it, he always has the answer. You know, Fournette's going to be highly productive. His receivers are going to be highly productive. The defense is really good and got after Adam Allen pretty well. And then to Allen and the Bills' credit, though, they really played well in the second half. And Allen kind of looked like last year's MVP type guy, you know, which is encouraging to me. Like, I think the Bills are figuring things out a little bit, even if they don't run the ball. And he had to. Uh, 54 pass attempts there for Josh Allen, 308 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Brady had 31 of 46 passing, 363 and two scores there. And it was fun seeing those guys go back and forth and just chuck it all over the place. A ton of receptions, and they both mixed it up and, and just hit numerous receivers numerous times. Seven catches for Diggs, nine catches for Beasley, seven for Knox, five for Gabriel Davis, uh, six for Singletary out of the backfield, one for Emmanuel Sanders for 25 yards. Uh, on the other side, it was Godwin, 10 for 105. Mike Evans had the touchdown you talked about, six catches for 91. Gronk, five catches for 62. Paraben had the game winner in overtime. Fournette, four out of the backfield. Uh, yeah. Three for Johnson, two for Brayton. I mean, it was just like so many receivers involved all over the field, and it's fun to watch those guys and, you know, the surgical Tom Brady and then um, the Old West version of the gunslinger of Josh Allen go at it. It, it was pretty fun and it was kind of fun to see that gunslinger come back. It was like a Farvian sort of a game. Yeah, and they might meet again. I don't think that's crazy talk. And another thing about this game, which unfortunately I hate, feel like we have to mention, was not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of penalties. You know, like my dad was over the other, you know, just watching Red Zone with us for like half hour and he's just like these penalties are making me crazy. You know, like just I can't. NFL's making me crazy with these penalties anymore, and we don't it's, need to go down that road. But like, yeah. it's a clean game. The NFL is over officiated, and uh, yeah. it is it is pretty frustrating. Yeah, because officials are bad at doing it in real time, and then you stop the <laughs> game too, to watch yeah. it over again. It's like, oh my god, let's just let everybody hold and, and interfere with each other and see what happens. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see an outlaw game where you can't have personal fouls, but you can hold all you want, and you can have offensive, offensive or passive or pa- defensive pass interference all you want. You know, it's just, just pull, who pulls down the rebound. I don't care how it happens. <laughs> I like it. This was a great game, though. Yeah, it was a fun game. All right, uh, and uh, big time playoff implications there. Um, fighting for their lives there, Buffalo Bills. How about the San Francisco 49ers that really solidify themselves now as a playoff team? Um, they're 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 basically in at this point now yeah, at seven are. and six. They would have to fall apart. I think nine wins is definitely going to get you in at nine and eight this year in the NFC with what's going on. Uh, there's no other teams. There's five teams right now with a winning record in the NFC and a whole bunch of bad records right now. It's it's pretty amazing. Twenty six twenty three in overtime after a field goal by the Bengals in OT. Garoppolo and George Kittle drive down the field and then the game winner for Brandon Ayuk going Superman over the pylon for the Niners to win it in OT. 26-23. It was a fascinating game because like a lot of the games we've talked about today, Niners jumped out early, uh, but they couldn't put their foot on the Bengals' neck. They couldn't keep them out. They only scored three points in the second half. Bengals come all the way back. The only lead that Bengals had in the game is when they kicked the field goal with the first possession of overtime. It's the only lead they had all day. And the Niners came back to win it. Yeah, and again, 
really equal game when it was said and done. I feel really good about both these teams, which is rare. Just stat, you know, standing wise, and we'll go over a playoff picture later in the week. I mean, this really hurt Cincinnati because they had a chance to really grab a hold of the North, and all four of the North teams have a really difficult upcoming schedule, and they play each other quite a bit. But I still feel pretty, pretty strongly that Cincinnati is the best team in their division. I feel even stronger that your Niners will end up in the postseason. And uh, it, it, I think you're right. I mean, I, 10 definitely gets you in in the NFC. Nine probably gets you in. The Niners will get there. Um, some star power, though. You, know, you mentioned the Ayuk play was awesome. Um, Kittle and Bosa were unbelievable in this game. Yep. I mean, it, it kind of teased Kittle earlier. He, he's by far the best tight end in the league. And just, it, he can, you can forget about him when he misses those stretches, but you know it's better than anyone. They're such a better team when he's out there. He's a total superstar. Oh, yeah, and you can really appreciate him, even the game where he has you know, two targets and one catch for 13 yards or something. Uh, yeah. and he's such a good blocker in those games, and he's really impactful for the 49ers running game. Uh, but when he And it's sort of a, a reminder, and Kyle Shanahan probably last week was like, oh, yeah, why am I not giving George Kittle 12 targets every time. single game? Yeah. He ended up with 15 targets in this game, and uh, 13 catches for 151 and a touchdown. He made an awesome, and he's not really an above-the-rim type player, but he made an awesome fingertip catch going up to get a ball late in regulation as the Niners lined up a field goal and missed it and had to go to overtime to win it. Uh, and then big plays in overtime. I mean, he's just a monster. He's so good after the catch. He's so competitive. Uh, he's just one of those heart-and-soul players and gets everybody fired up and just a complete player. Over 300 yards and 20, what, um, I, think, I can't remember how many catches, 21 catches and 325, 330 yards combined the last two games. I mean, just absurd production there, and um, pretty awesome to see what he can do when he becomes the featured weapon with Debo Samuel nicked up. Oh, without question. I mean, he's one of my absolute favorite players in the league, and my son asked me, you know, we were talking, my son's a big Ohio State fan. I'm not exactly sure why, but however that happened. And we were talking about Bosa and the Bosa brothers. And he's like, Dad, why is Nick Bosa not considered on the same tier as Watt and Miles Garrett? I'm like, well, he should be. You know, so he's like, come on, Dad, list, list the best edge rushers in the league. And we start going team by team. And I'm like, when it's all said and done, those three to me stand alone. Nick Bosa, Garrett, and Watt. That's tier one. And Joey might be. It's definitely tier two. He might be right behind those guys. And by the way, Dallas fans, I'm not ignoring Micah Parsons. He's in that conversation too, but I, we kind of excluded him because he's an off-the-ball guy some of the time, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Nick is so much better than people realize. And the other thing I wanted to mention too, I thought Burrow was awesome in this game, and the Bengals' D was pretty good too. Like, we didn't mention enough Cincinnati stuff. Higgins was really good. Burrow's a total stud. And trust me, I got a lot of text during this game like, man, I hate that the Steelers have to play against Burrow for the next 10 years. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy to really worry about the division. He's a star. I came away really impressed with Joe Burrow, too. I, I got the yeah. feeling after this game that they're sort of a couple pieces away, and like next mm -hmm. year they're going to be trouble for the AFC, you know, get another defensive back and another offensive lineman in there, something like that. But they've got a ton of weapons on offense. Jamar Chase is trouble. It's so hard to cover Higgins and Chase, and they're different, but they can both get down the field, and Joe Burrow's not afraid to sling it, and he's really accurate. Um, he's athletic enough to get out of trouble, had some Houdini-type plays. Be. Yeah, he's tough. He's smart. 
um, it was really fun to watch the the battle, the game within the game here with the defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, who was really coming into his own now in his first year as D.C. for the 49ers. There were some hiccups early in the season, uh, but hasn't played really good ball. And they had to play too high because you've got to guard against the deep ball with those receivers. Sure. So it was heavy mixing and heavy Boyd and then the Niners would sneak down to safety and then Burrow would see it and then he'd hit Higgins for a 15 yard gain you know so that was really fun to see the chess match of these two teams but really it came down to the the stars of the 49ers dominating and, and it was Bosa dominating 14 sacks on the year and I think after this year you know he, he was lost to the ACL last year so that talk's gonna come back and it'll be you know and it's okay if you have him below TJ Watt and Miles Garrett for now you know but he's right there I think he's, he's, he's right better there. than his brother uh, and he's one of the top you know four or five three, two, you know, one maybe in the end of his career, we'll find out, pass rushers in the NFL, just the relentless motor, and he's just so refined as a rusher, and he's just got a little bit more speed, not as big as his brother, but he's got a little bit more speed to chase down quarterbacks, which I think gives him the edge over Joey. I urge people to do this, and you should even bring this up on Locked on Niners. He has such a rare stance. You know, his back is so flat, and his feet are so (laughs) far apart, and he's like a missile coming out of a out of a gun. I mean, like he really is. I urge everyone to just pause it once right before the ball is snapped and look at the pose he's in and try to get your body in that position. Best of luck. It's crazy, yeah, and, and like zero body fat. He's so strong. His right. waist is skinny, but his thighs are huge, and his arms are huge, and he's so powerful, and he had better technique in high school than a lot of guys have when they're three-year veterans in the NFL sure. that aren't among the best, and technique is so important. So with his technique and his uh, you know strength and his burst off the line and, um, and his motor, I mean, it's just hard to block him for four quarters, and that's why he's getting a sack or more per game. Did you come away with that game thinking that Cincinnati is the best team in their division, especially with the Lamar situation? <sighs> it's hard to say because I came away thinking, and Hendrickson, by the way, left the game with an injury. Yeah, if if he's hurt, that's really tough for them because I don't know if they can withstand that because I'm a little bit worried about the defensive side of the ball a little bit. I think they need some more pieces there, but I think they can hang with teams, and uh, I like what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Cincinnati's been very lucky with injuries this year, it, by the way. Yeah, right. Exactly. It was a tough loss for them, too, because we just talked about the Ravens who lost. They'd be eight and five tied with the Ravens if they would have won that game. And 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 with a better quarterback situation because the other team's quarterbacks hurt uh, and now yeah. tied with the Browns in second at seven and six. And so that, that was a big game for the Bengals and such a huge game for the 49ers as far as playoff implications go. But yeah, I came away thinking, man, the Bengals are good, but I, I feel like next year is the Bengals year. That, that's that's yeah, what I came I away that. with. Like good and, and close, but a uh, couple more pieces and look out. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I kind of look at them and the Chargers in a similar manner, mostly because their quarterbacks were drafted the same year and they have young head coaches and one more offseason from those two teams where they spend a little, add another pick or two, they might be heavyweights. I do want to say, though, Jimmy Garoppolo will throw one ball to the other team every game, and it was in overtime in this game. He hit Jesse Bates, who's really good. By the way, he was fun to watch. Um, he hit J.C. Bates between the three and the zero on his chest, and he didn't catch it. That might have been a pick six in, late in the fourth quarter. This was on the final fourth quarter drive. Uh, that might have ended the game, and the Bengals would have won that one. And uh, it was almost identical. It was a robber safety coming down, just like he threw the interception to Harrison Smith a couple weeks ago against the Vikings. He's kind of good for one of those throws per game. Didn't hurt him in this game, and uh, he ended up making some pretty nice throws as well, uh, and the 49ers were able to win it. So, um, yeah, that, that was a pretty fun game to watch. 
Absolutely. I feel like if they played it 100 times, it might be 50-50. And by the way, Debo Samuel uh, surprisingly did end up playing in that game. Again, only one. He's a running back. One catch for 22 yards and eight carries for 37 yards. He was basically the number two back, and they hit him a little bit because of the groin injury. He, he clearly wasn't going to be 100%, so they didn't want to use him uh, as much as they normally do. But he's had more carries than receptions for well over the month, like the last six weeks now. He, he's been a running back. You've kind of mentioned this in – it's starting to bother me. Like, use him as a receiver. He's not Cordero Patterson that doesn't have a role and we turn him into a, into a running yeah. back. Like, he's going to get hurt. He's too important. I He's a great player, but throw him the ball. He needs to have more targets than carries. Yes. He, he And, and uh, again, the injury thing. Running backs have yeah. a 100% injury rate. And I, I like the stuff where he's running to the edge and, you know, he's – taking on corners because corners don't want to tackle him but you know there's there's running plays where he's a straight up running back and he cuts back into the middle of the defense and he's getting hit by 300 pounders and linebackers like a running back does uh, and that worries me because you don't want to get him hurt and he's been hurt every year of his pro career so far and it's been a pretty minor one luckily this year but you don't want to get him more hurt before you go make the playoffs now that you've position yourself really well and he's still a really good receiver right you're not forcing him to running back because he can't play receiver so yeah give him two right. to three carries per game but this you know eight to 12 carries per game a little much it is uh, let's wrap this thing up but it brings me to one note in case i don't remember tomorrow the cowboys did the same thing with cd lamb yesterday which i know pollard was hurt and zeke's not himself what a terrible idea though <laughs> I, mean, I know he's good after the catch but they lined him up in the backfield and gave him running back carries. So dumb. And I think it's a it's a copycat league, right? I think there's right. a, enough when you're a really good ball carrier, teams start to think, ah, oh, where can we get an advantage? And you get in the game on Sunday. It's like, well, this is working. Let's let's worry about injuries later and let's win this football game and let's see if we have an advantage here with this player and do this fun thing. And uh, I think we might see more and more teams start to do that. And we've already seen running backs become wide receivers. I guess I didn't see it coming. We're going to see wide receivers becoming running backs. Maybe that's the new rage in the NFL. It's cheap yardage. I get that point. And it's a way to get the ball in the hands of good ball carriers. But C.D. Lamb, 6'3 and wiry. I mean, like, he doesn't, he's not even resembles a running back. So later this week, if we can get it in tomorrow after the rest of the games from Sunday that we will cover, uh, or maybe we'll have to wait till Wednesday, we've got to look at this playoff picture a little bit deeper. How about this? Washington, Minnesota, Philly. Atlanta, New Orleans, all tied at six and seven right now. Five teams at six and seven in the NFC. And oh, yeah, Carolina Panthers and Seattle Seahawks there at five and eight. Um, it's pretty remarkable what's going on in the Great. NFC now after the seven and six 49ers for that last wild card seed, if indeed the Niners do um, sew that up and solidify themselves in the top six of the NFC. Uh, it's it's going to be wild down the stretch. I can't wait to see how this all ends. And we got to talk more about that later this week. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Be back tomorrow. Uh, the games we will cover tomorrow that we didn't get to today, we've got Raiders Chiefs. I've got some thoughts and some stats about that one. Saints Jets, I just mentioned, still in that playoff picture. Uh, Cowboys Washington. We've got Falcons Panthers, Seahawks Texans, Lions Broncos, Giants Chargers. Ooh, a dime from Justin Herbert. The Chargers. Oh, man. Look out for them right now in the AFC. I'm back on the bandwagon there. Uh, all that coming up tomorrow. Playoff picture later this week. Thanks for making us your first listen right here. Peacock and Williamson.